ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Lock and load. It's time for the gun rack with your hosts, Joey and Drew. Hello and welcome to the Gun Rack's Norn Desert Institute School of Firearms Technology's official podcast. I'm Josiah Upper Hooks, Phony Joey, and with me we have one Drew Poplin. Blessedly, we have, I don't know if any of the Two weeks ago episode or three weeks ago episode made its way out where i was talking where it all got killed it, it was wasn't so, great yeah it was so funny because it got everything leaning up to the actual meat of the subject yeah then, oh that's wonderful i love that so it's like all right well let's go into it yeah that's that's great um <laughs> We did record a full episode, and then it died, um, and that's why most people don't record their podcasts on Zoom meetings, but here we are. And then what did you, you were out on Summit for a week. What did you cover when you got back? Did you just kind of review the Summit, or was it something else entirely? So last week I did an episode on the Battle of Blackstock's Plantation. Mm -hmm. um, so just continuing on our, our series and that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's just, just that one week. I don't think we did anything. So, yeah, good deal. Well, how was the summit? And can, for the uninitiated, can you tell them what the summit is? Yeah. So, summit, uh, SDI summit is basically an event that usually happens maybe once every two years, something like that, or at least in person. This year, for the first time, we had it in Las Vegas, which was really interesting. I'd never been to Vegas before. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, but essentially, it's like a two-day event. The two-day event with travel, it takes about four days. But um, yeah, it, it was really cool. Uh, probably the best part was getting to actually see some people in person. I think before this, yeah. yeah, I'd seen Steve and I'd seen Christian in person, but I hadn't seen Chris Ross, Dave, Jennifer. And then like getting to bump into some people I've talked to because of the podcast or because of uh, the show. For example, I got to meet uh, Kip Carpenter in person. He's um, the best. Yeah, you you missed him killing karaoke though. He do you know how many instruments that dude plays? No, um, it's literally in the dozens. He is so musically inclined and talented. I miss him a lot. Um, man, I miss Kip. I hadn't thought about him in a minute. Well, uh, he said he hoped. Uh, I talked to him. He said he hoped you were doing well. Um, Yay. Yeah. Um, Tell him I, I said hi. Will do. I got my caricature done for the first time. So that wow. was interesting. How was that? It was, that was pretty cool. I think it, it looked pretty accurate. Um, yeah. I, I looked a little bit like an Ewok. But uh, but that's just kind of you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially the way my hair was. Like I had it back and it got poofy. So then it just looked like a, a little floof. Yeah, yeah, but I got it done by uh, Mr. Stephen Butts, that's B-U-T-Z, who was actually a painter on the Batman the Animated Series. Wow, what an odd claim to fame, but I'm I'm here for it. That's delightful. Well, I, I love, I love that show. 
He did uh, Mask of the Phantasm 2, Sub-Zero. Really good movies. But um, yeah, it, it was a good experience. And then me and my wife spent a couple extra days over the weekend just taking in Vegas, walking the Strip, walking Fremont Street. Did um, you make your way through some casinos? Uh, I mean, we walked through plenty. Just, yeah, I don't know. It It's not really my thing because I'm... <laughs> too conservative with my money like i think i told you when i went to new orleans on my honeymoon uh we are near a casino and i put in about five dollars into a slot machine won six dollars and fifty cent and just immediately cashed out i'm like okay yeah. well <laughs> i won i'm out gotta go out on top so uh um, what about you what what's been going with you the last couple weeks well i am in marketing for a museum, which runs on not too dissimilar a schedule to a tourist attraction um, in a lot of ways. And uh, that is perhaps probably the most relevant in a, like a holiday context. So Christmas for me started about three weeks ago now. So it is, it has been very, very busy over here. Fortunately, I'm doing it with people that I like and, uh, Getting to have your own department is both stressful and freeing because on one hand, you are directly responsible for all of the efforts that are taking place. On the other hand, you have the freedom to pursue those objectives however you feel makes the most sense. And uh, yeah, it's been stressful. It's been a wild ride. I've not run a marketing department solo before. So this is, it's all new, but we're having a good time. I'm actually headed. We can do a episode on it maybe next week or the week after. Um, I've got a combat handgun shooting class coming up on Sunday, mm. uh, which I'm pretty excited about. I have no idea what they mean by that, to be honest with you. But if it does anything at all to make me any better at shooting with a handgun, I'll take it. So, yeah. Um, also, before we miss it, Happy birthday, U.S. Navy. You are so, 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 so old today. Mm, 248. Yeah. That's not today, today, is it? Or is it just this week? No, it's October 13th. October 13th, son of a gun. Well, happy birthday, U.S. Navy. All right. It's hot takes time. We're getting into the rhythm of that. You have one already prepped, and and I have one in my head ready to go. But why don't you hit them with, with yours first? Sure, sure. This might not be a hot take, I, but my hot take this week is amongst all the fast food restaurants, for the money, the best deal, but for the money and for the, I guess, taste and just all the overall factors. I think Little Caesars is the best fast food restaurant. That hurts a little bit. I ain't gonna lie to you. Well, don't get me wrong. I love Bojangles. I love me some cookout, but as many of you guys know, fast food restaurants all around the US have just kind of collectively decided that they want to be priced what be priced closer to what say an Applebee's was 5 years ago. Yep. Um yeah, it's like 10 to 12 bucks now, which is yep. baffling. So in this day and age when you can get a whole pizza for like 6 bucks. Yeah, 6 7 bucks and it's tasty. Maybe it is not even a little bit, but it's it it will keep you alive for one more day. 
Little what, Caesars hot and ready pizza is worse than like pizza you get at the grocery store. Oh, Colorado. I totally disagree. Um, I totally disagree. Their Detroit style pizza kind of can go hard. So that I've got, but yeah. Well, I always have Little Caesars is pretty rough. I mean, you know, I always have a soft spot in my heart for Little Caesars anyway, just because uh, they did keep me alive for about two or three years. So, yes, that is absolutely true. Yeah. All right. So what what about you, Joey? How are you going to anger people today? My hot take, Halloween is a garbage holiday, and it's baffling that people celebrate it. Any elaboration on that, or (laughs) throw that into the ether? I mean, I will throw that into the ether. That's like, I don't even think that's a hot take. I think it's insane. Um, It's for a country that has a tendency to carry kind of a Western European Judeo-Christian value system. And I'm aware that's not everyone, but I am going to say that's the prevalent subculture in the United States. For that group of people to celebrate the day of death is the weirdest thing I can possibly imagine. And yeah, I don't know. There is nothing appealing about it on any level to me. You, You can't drive because the roads have become a wasteland for people that have drank too much and made bad choices. When I was a kid, we had to bring our cats in because who knows what neighbors were going to do to them. I don't know. There's just nothing going on for that thing that makes me happy on any level. Well, in the spirit of things, Halloween is my favorite holiday. Um, yeah. Garbage just because I like I like to dress up and I like spooky things. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I will bust down throughout the month of October with some spooky movies. Mm. We're here for that. Uh, Fall of the House of Usher just popped out on Netflix. How is it? I have not seen it yet. Fall of the House of Usher is my favorite short story of all time. And they're definitely putting like a hot take on it. So like that part I find a little annoying. But I also have been texted by a couple of people who told me it's the best thing that director's ever done. And that's the same guy who did like Haunting of Hill House. Um, he is no slouch, so I'm definitely going to watch it and see what he's got going on. Well, sweet. Sweet. I'll yeah. check it out. Joey, I think you know this. I did, um, when I graduated with my degree in theater, my capstone project was I wrote and acted in a, basically it was a script I made about Edgar Allan Poe and like it involved a couple of his different stories and stuff. Uh so I'll definitely have to check that out. It seems right up my lane. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. And we could do a micro review on it later with a hot take. But yeah, I think it's good. I love me a good scary movie. Anything A24, I'll watch over and over mm-hmm. and over again. So, Well, I'm probably going to end up watching a Friday the 13th movie tonight just because of, yeah. of the occasion. As it's, yeah, October and we get a Friday the 13th. It's pretty rare. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, before we get into the meat of our topic today, you want to talk about SDI? Sure, 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 sure. So Sonoran Desert Institute, otherwise known as SDI, is an online school that helps students learn the skills and techniques they'll need to be successful in the firearms and unmanned technology industries. SDI is accredited by the DEAC, that's the Distance Education Accrediting Commission, uh, and currently, we at SDI offer two programs in firearms technology, and we are a firearms podcast. So what two programs do we offer in firearms technology? Well, we offer the Associate of Science in Firearms Technology, 
and the Certificate of Firearms Technology Gunsmithing. If you want to find out more about those programs and just more about SDI in general, our website is the best place for that. For more info, you can head over to www.sdi.edu. And there's just a bevy of resources there uh, for you to learn more about this awesome school. All right. So we've got that. Uh, SDI is an awesome place to check out. I think I saw a recent post, not in the firearms world, but in unmanned technology, that there was some drone expo that folks got into. That seemed kind of cool. So I do miss the really, really fun field trips you can get into when you work with SDI. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that was at uh, wherever Grand Canyon University is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's super fun. And I think that's very close to where SDI is headquartered out in Tempe. So that is awesome. Now let's get into the meat of what we're talking about today. It is the beginning of hunting season, or we're looking at it. I think bow and arrow for most places comes a bit beforehand as well as black powder. And then we get into rifles. But today we're going to talk about hunting with 7.62 by 39 uh, as a cartridge and whether that's viable, if it is viable, what do you like, how do you set that up in a way that's going to be successful? What platforms do you want to be using, et cetera, et cetera. We've talked about this particular cartridge within a hunting context before. It's just been a minute and it was part of a larger conversation. So I thought we'd narrow down on this and, and have a little talk about it. So Drew, what do you know about the 762 Soviet, right? So not much. I know that it was originally developed for like the AK pattern rifles back in the day and that they are commonly used nowadays in whitetail deer hunting. But apart from that, it's a bit of a blind spot for me. So uh, Joey, I'm ready for you to educate me. Okay, so 76.62 by 39 is the round that I've used for hunting for the past six years, I think. It is uh, originally from the Soviet Union, sorry, pause there, and uh, it was developed initially for the SKS and AK pattern rifles. It is essentially an intermediate round with an effective range that is debated by a lot of people, but I, about 300 yards, we're going to get into that in a minute. And it was made to bridge the gap between submachine guns and something like the Mosin, which it, uh, the SKS briefly replaced and then the AK-47 totally replaced uh, shortly thereafter. Um, 7.62 by 39 is a, is not a flat shooting round. It is actually, I've had some difficulty in the past trying to zero uh, with a lot of precision because a lot of people will hit something, they'll have zero, and then you walk it back to the distance you're trying to zero to. So if you go to 50 yards and you hit zero, you back up and then you kind of work your way from there. That is hard to do with 7.62 by 39 because the, your altitudes could be totally wrong. So that's kind of a trick to it. And because it's something that's not very flat shooting, the effective range of the cartridge is limited. You can, it's a nice, healthy size for whitetail hunting. The cartridge was developed to defeat man-sized targets and whitetail do count as man-sized targets. All the big ones do anyway. And uh, it is going to be a meteor cartridge 
at least in terms of the projectile, than like a 270 or a 243, both of which are very, very common in well-liked hunting rounds. Um, ballistically, 7.62 by 39 is going to be extremely similar to 3030, which was like the hunting cartridge there for a little while, and not super dissimilar to 300 blackout, although the parallels are not quite as strong. And so for this round, uh, we know because it was designed to defend countries and or take human life that it is capable of being effective in taking down uh, targets at a certain amount of range. So what we have to do past that is make sure that there's nothing in particular uh, with a deer that would uh, disrupt that and then figure out what range to which it could be effective. Uh, and by effective in this case, what, what I'm going, going to mean, uh, if you hear me referring to that, is capable of delivering a shot that will be fatal with a minimal wait time if it is delivered accurately. So, I mean, uh, I'm not talking about getting around into a deer and then the deer wound, being wounded and then eventually bleeding out. If you're a good marksman and you're on target, the deer will drop, right? You're, you're taking your right shot. That's what we're talking about here. We've talked about the effectiveness of the range of this cartridge before. I have a different perspective on it now than I did uh, recently because I did some testing finally by myself on it and have some of my own opinions, which is kind of fun. Most people would say, uh, I would say most uninitiated folks would say that using an AK style rifle uh, is going to be ineffective because the spread of rounds at 100 yards is about the size of your hand. I would disagree with that pretty emphatically. Uh, that might be the case if you're using a bottom shelf AK rifle and no optic to help you. If you're using the sight radius that is super limited because it's at the front of your receiver, or really at the back of your barrel and then your front, so you've got a very minimal sight radius and therefore almost an infinitesimal margin of error, yeah, you might have some trouble. Uh, and if you're using really cheap ammo, yeah, you might have some trouble. But it doesn't have to be that way. And you don't even have to use an AK-style rifle to make use of your 7.62 by 39 or optimize its performance. So I have currently two rifles that make use of the 7.62 by 39 cartridge. I've had another one in the past that I really, really liked. And then I had a Wasser 10, which is an AK pattern rifle that uh, George, who sometimes comes on the show, really, really likes. Um, uh, I had an SKS pattern rifle for quite some time. I think it was Marinko. And uh, that did just fine with iron sights out to about 200 yards on an 8-inch plate, which is a pretty good bellwether for effective range. You'd like to be tighter than 8 inches, but if you can do that, um, your odds of making an effective kill are pretty solid. So if you iron sight your way uh, with an SKS, uh, you can you can certainly shoot better than I can. But I think 200 yards as a range is going to be fairly functional. So if you live out in you know Arizona where there is no cover unless you get into the you know up near Flagstaff and that kind of thing. It, maybe not quite so much. Uh, if you live out in the east, where a lot of whitetail hunters do, 
Um, especially if you're where I am, right? I'm in North Carolina. There's very heavy woods. We live in a foothills region, so there's a lot of incline as well. Uh, most of my shots, the longest shot I've ever taken was about 275 yards, and that was considered absolutely extreme. Uh, and I didn't even do that with a 762 by 39. Most of your shots are going to be right around the 150 yards and in range. That's kind of rough, but... So within that context, you absolutely can use an SKS pattern rifle and a 762 by 39 cartridge for effective hunting. You want to, actually, I'm going to go ahead and finish working through platforms first, and we're going to talk about quality of ammo because that's really where things get important. So my current hunting rifle is going to be a Ruger American Ranch, which is a very small, very light rifle kind of designed for right what we're talking about, uh, especially with 762 by 39 That rifle is zeroed at 100 yards. I can take shots pretty comfortably out to 250, and uh, then that's kind of what it's built for. It's being able to move, and if you, you know, are trying to make your way through the hills with a rifle that weighs about five pounds, that's just for memory, then the Ruger American branch is going to help you out. It also does a little better with cheap ammo in terms of delivering it accurately than just about any other firearm I've ever had, which is awesome. Uh, Ruger American Ranch, they have more than just 762 by 39 uh, as an option, and I cannot recommend that rifle more hard. Uh, it's, I think it's around the $450 price point, but $150 optic on it, you're good to go, really. Um, that's going to be, if you're limiting yourself to whitetail and then maybe hog, you're in pretty good shape at that point. I probably wouldn't want to try to test it against black bear unless you have to, but otherwise most of your intermediate, I say intermediate, most of your big game that's shy of something truly massive, I probably wouldn't push it against an elk or something like that. You're going to be okay with Ruger American Ranch is probably going to be the best answer to that question. Uh, what platform is this cartridge functional with? The other one I'll throw out there, it's kind of very overpriced uh, for a hunting rifle if you're just going to use it for hunting, but no one is buying this rifle just for hunting. And that is the Galil Ace, which I talk about every chance I can. I did some shooting with it either last month or the month before. I have my Galil Ace. It's a first gen. They have a second gen out now, and I recommend that one more than I do the first gen. They they ironed out a lot of kinks, even though the first one's great. And uh, I have a four times optic primary arms ACSS reticle, and I was shooting steel case ammo, tool ammo out of that thing, uh, and I think I shot some Barnall too, and I walked it out to an eight inch plate at five hundred yards which is not where that is supposed to go. Um, that is not a range I would recommend for hunting because at that point, your 762 by 39 has lost enough velocity that I'd be a little worried about making a clean kill. But for people who say you can't deliver rounds accurately with 762 by 39 past about 150 yards, that's just, it's just not true. Uh, and now I have gone and done it and can prove otherwise to a pretty extreme range. And if I can do it, you better believe you can, because I'm not particularly good at this. Uh, um, that's just how good that particular platform is. Also, Primary Arms is fairly well known for the budget-minded shooting community, but I personally cannot recommend them enough. Even like 
Israeli weapon industries is my probably going to be my favorite firearms manufacturer. Even above them, I would recommend getting an optic from Primary Arms. Mm-hmm. That's it's totally worth it. It's cheap. I think mine was like right around three hundred bucks out the door, which sounds expensive. But the rifle it's on was seventeen hundred bucks, and that's a that's a great balance. You can get some solid LPVOs uh, for twice that. Um, mine's a Prism, and uh, they do have LPVOs if you want to go that route. So it can be done. You can even do it with cheap ammo, but that's not necessarily the way you want to go. So I'm going to use that to lead into uh, ammo specifically. Um, People are cheap ammo phobic a little bit more than they need to be. Um, You see a lot of YouTube people saying, don't get steel case ammo. That's a little less of a thing now than what it was when I was first getting into working in this industry. but most people, when they hear that, look at whoever was sponsoring their ammo and feel a little bit of righteous indignation uh, because the people that recommend it are generally people that don't have to pay for their own ammo. Uh, I do have to pay for my own ammo with very limited exceptions. Uh, so I'm going to be looking for the cheapest thing that's still going to generate the effect that I want to get done. And in this case, it's creating a clean, ethical kill at a range of 250 yards and in, which is kind of what I have the range limited to. And even at 250 yards, I'd be very careful. In that space, if you feel comfortable with the firearm and you want to practice, it's not as fun practicing with a hunting rifle as it is with like a AR style platform or an AK style platform or even a shotgun. But uh, you can get a very high degree of accuracy and precision with a a good scope and bolt action rifle combo and it's worth your time and if you do that first of all always practice with what you're going to hunt with i should have said that earlier they don't all shoot the same and uh my ruger american ranch i think for hunting i've only ever used soft point or hollow point to lamb and that is very cheap ammunition and it does absolutely work at that space and end. if you feel uncomfortable with using steel case for hunting first of all if you're shooting within a range that you feel comfortable i would encourage you to worry a little bit less about it but they do have higher grade ammunition that you can use for hunting in that cartridge if you want to go that route but you can absolutely make do as long as you are consistent and practicing with the same kind of ammunition if there's anything weird about it, uh, you know well ahead of time so you can plan, know what your limitations are, and make sure that you're in a place where you consistently can pick up an ethical hunting harvest. There's no reason, if you keep those things in mind, that 7.62 by 39 can't be an effective hunting cartridge inside of about 300 yards, and especially inside of 200. Cool deal. Cool deal. Now, if you were to, um, I know you say that's kind of, you know, been what your go-to is. Yeah. Last few years. If you had to suggest an alternative or like maybe one that's intriguing to you that you would maybe consider. In that same cartridge? That meant like a comparable cartridge. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you want to use a comparable I know you said cartridge. the 3030. But... Yeah, that'd be my recommendation. There are lots and lots of very fun lever action 3030s out there. Everyone, I think, and I don't have one, this is on my wish list, uh, should have a lever action at some point because I think they're really cool and fun. And 
uh, Lever Action 3030 has been an effective hunting implement for a long, long time. And that's totally, you're going to pay a little bit more, but it's you're going to have a lot of fun. That would be a hard recommend. If you don't want to do that, 300 Blackout is also effective. And if you want to shoot suppressed while hunting, not that I necessarily recommend you do that because you get a lot of your velocity bled off and subsonic ammo, yada, yada, yada. Uh, 300 Blackout is not a terrible comp either. Okay, cool deal. Cool deal. Do you know when uh, hunting season starts in North Carolina? I haven't checked. Uh, it's pretty soon. Give me one second. I can tell you. Just looking it up. Um, okay, this is the proposed dates okay. uh, that I found real quick, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Oh, archery is here and gone for most of these places. There are different sections of North Carolina, and it does differ. But for most of these places... Gun is opening up tomorrow. Holy crap. In northeastern, southeastern North Carolina. Wow, I'm very surprised by that. And then a lot of other places are opening up November 11th, November 18th, and November 20th. Wow, I am very surprised by that. Well, we got this out just in time then. No kidding. Uh, Urban deer season is also super weird. Uh, But (laughs) I won't get into that. That would be a fun that would actually, yeah. We'll add that on the to-do list because that's fun. But yeah, that's what I've got at the moment. I'm going to tell you right now, please, please uh, do your own research on that. Don't hold me accountable. That's just what I found on a very quick Google search. But hunting, I think, is an underappreciated sport. Not because it's cool to go trophy hunting necessarily. Nothing wrong with that, I don't think. But because uh, your harvesting and consuming a deer that you have taken is significantly more ethical than ordering a hamburger at McDonald's. Um, And a lot of people think of hunting as this barbaric thing. It is like you're harvesting animals that have lived full lives. Most of the time you, you hope so and have, have lived free. And uh, that's, that's a big deal. So Yes, if you're not a hunter, cannot recommend more that you go out there and give it a shot. No pun intended. One last question, if that's cool. So you talked about with a 7.62 by 39 that you called it sort of intermediate or for mm-hmm. like, you know, medium-sized game. Say you're more into like squirrel hunting or like, you know, like you know, pheasants or something. Would you um, say that it's maybe a... Yeah, I mean, if you use a 7.62... A 762 Soviet round against a squirrel, you're going to atomize a squirrel, probably. If you're going super small game hunting, I think a 22 LR or a 22 Hornet, if you feel particularly spicy, that's not a common round anymore, might be the way to go. If you're going bird or fowl hunting, uh, that's a different world entirely. I do really want to add turkey hunting to the repertoire, and that's a shotgun sport. That happens in the spring, and I hate turkeys. Um, so that that would be that's next on the bucket list for me. What do you got against turkeys? They're so aggressive and mean, dude. Yeah, I just feel like though, like you could probably just grab it by its neck and like give it one little. Bro, they'll square up with you so fast. Um, turkeys are like like if you see a, a buck. Even in peak rut, the odds of you getting into a violent interaction with that thing are minimal. It's not impossible, but the odds are low. I have never encountered a turkey where that turkey ran away from me. 
And I used to live in the Northeast where you see them constantly every single time. It's like, well, let's go. It's like a Canadian goose, but prettier. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same vibe. Just thinking about those. Well, fascinating. Fascinating. Learning new things every day. Joey, thank you so much for, uh, for uh, giving us that breakdown of the 762 by 39. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as always, it's great having you on the show. Yeah. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah. So final thing, any weekend plans for you? Yeah, we've got that shooting course. That's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then I've been thinking about doing a little bit of antiquing because I started a job at a museum and said, this is about to be my whole personality. So we'll see if we find anything good there. But I think that's on the to-do list. Cool deal. Well, you know, Lord knows that we're not watching football on Sundays. Uh, this is the first, we've been mad for a long time. This is the first year I've been actively embarrassed to be a Panthers fan. And the Patriots are bad for the same reasons. Mm. So there's no solace. Oh, do you want to know something insane, though? What? I think I put it in in the sleeper chat. So... My brother-in-law's brother, whose name I'm not going to drop, guess who's going to watch him play his high school football game this weekend? Who? Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, which is truly baffling. Uh, Apparently, he's been getting offers from a bunch of uh, very well-known schools, but uh, this poor 15-year-old kid is about to have the most pressure in history. And uh, I'm both amped for him and sending him good vibes to to breathe a little bit because that's a once in a lifetime situation. Yeah. And they're going specifically to watch him and another kid. Just truly amazing. That's insane. It is insane. Um, also, I keep forgetting. Uh, you know, so and so is your brother-in-law. Yeah, I know. I kind of forgot too because absolutely nothing has changed. <laughs> oh. We hang out exactly the same amount of time, but I mean that in the best way. That's, yeah. And hey, yeah. you have, uh, you're going to have holidays now. We uh, do. Or that you know. is great. Mm-hmm. Dude can bail me out. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, man. For now, that is the gun rack. Have fun out there, everyone. And we will see you at the range. Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school accredited by the DEAC. It is headquartered at 1555 West University Drive in Tempe, Arizona. For more information about how you can craft your firearms future, visit sdi.edu.